0: Good morning, everyone. This is Rob McDougall from Zank Financial here with your weekly economic update. Today is Monday, September 18th, 2023. So before I get into the economic data from last week, just want to point out that we are going to start doing, we're going to have our annual client events that are coming up. And during those, I will have a discussion time, 10, 15, 20 minutes or so. And many of the topics that we go through on a weekly basis are some of those We'll be drilling down a little more deeply into, such as inflation, Federal Reserve's response, where we think interest rates are going, where the economy's going, and corporate earnings. So during those client events, again, we're going to go dig a little bit deeper. And here are some of the dates. Uh, Portage, Kalamazoo, on Thursday, September 28th, we're having client events. We're having a lunch and a dinner. We're then doing a webinar for anyone out of state or otherwise uh, it's more convenient for. That webinar is going to be done on Friday, October 6th. Then for our east side or Detroit area clients, we're going to be doing a dinner at the DAC. Uh, that's Monday, October 9th. And lastly, we're going to do Grand Rapids ADA, a dinner up in that area on Wednesday, October 11th. So during those again, We'll be hitting many of the topics that we normally hit on, but we are going to dig a little bit deeper, I think particularly on the federal budget deficit and uh, related debt to that. So in terms of economic activity last week, so a lot of economic activity last week. And as we previewed, inflation was the big focus. And as we previewed last week, there are actually a little bit of disappointing news on inflation that we talked about before um, as we previewed them. CPI and PPI, which came out last week, and we kind of thought they would miss expectations. They'd be higher than expected, consensus numbers at least, uh, because of oil prices. So that indeed happened. Last week, the CPI, that came in where it was expected at a positive 0.6, which when you look at the chart is the worst month over month we've had in the last year. But then the core CPI was actually worse than expected at 0.3. Consensus was 0.2. So doesn't surprise us, again, because we'll look at the oil chart, the impact of oil prices, energy prices flowing through the rest of the economy, doesn't just show up as that 9% energy line in the CPI in the CPI calculation. It flows through all goods and services, most of them at least. So um, core CPI came in that is higher than expected. Um, oil prices—you've uh, seen it at the pump, so it's no surprise to anyone, probably. But the magnitude actually is—I think it'll maybe might surprise you a little bit—and I, I think it does augur poorly for future inflation numbers because when you look at oil prices per barrel, late June down in the mid-sixties. I think it dipped under sixty-five for a bit. Uh, as of today, it's up close. It's about ninety-two dollars a barrel. So it's a 42% increase, uh, and so we have not yet seen the impact of that going through. So the future CPI and PPI numbers and the PCE, personal consumption expenditure numbers, that the Fed particularly focuses on, we really think have an upward bias in terms of inflation numbers going forward. So I mentioned the PPI. That came out on Thursday, the August Number The PPI proper, not the core, but PPI, way above expectations, expected to come in at 0.4%, 0.4%, month over month, 0.7%. Now, the core, which is X Energy, actually came in about where it was expected, a positive 0.2 month over month, which is where the consensus was. So inflation certainly has an upward bias right now. We're going to talk about the Federal Reserve in a little bit. They're coming up this week, uh, a Fed meeting. So very focused on inflation. It will impact their rate decision, I think. But other uh, numbers last week, retail sales came in hotter than expected. Uh, expectation was a 0.2% month-over-month increase for August. Positive 06 is where it came in. So the economy, definitely stronger, I think, than most economists have been looking at. That number would corroborate it. The retail sales X auto same thing, expected to come in at 0.4% month-over-month month for August. It was a positive 0.6%. Uh, lastly, last week, the um, University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index, I, I was a little surprised by this, came in lower than expected. So expectations were 69.4. It came in at a 67.7. If you look at the chart that we'll put up here, Sixty-seven point seven is still better than it was most of the last uh, twelve months, but it is below what we we hit in both uh, July and August. So, uh, in terms of the Federal Reserve and the meeting coming up this week, uh, so what did those inflation numbers do to expectations? Well, actually, expectations for a Fed rate increase, which is again this Wednesday, they have a meeting and you know, they conclude on Wednesday and they have a press conference. The expectation for uh, no change, which is currently a Fed funds target of 5.25% to 5.5%, is now 99%. So we're not getting a rate hike on Wednesday. We can rest assured that's not going to happen. In terms of the rest of the year, that has been moving more towards likely no change, despite that inflation data. Um, the odds of no change have gone up. It went up last week. Uh, the prior week was at 55%. Then the last week, about 63%. So the odds are fairly good that we will not see any more Fed rate increases. I'll talk a little more as we preview the Fed meeting. But inflation expectations last week barely budged 2.35% as the expectation over the next 10 years. Here's something that I think is very important. We always have... Most often, we have been pointing out the um, the economy is stronger than people, I think, most economists expect. So we watched the Atlanta Federal Reserve Bank and their estimate. We were absolutely stunned uh, that their estimate kept rising <laughs> as time has gone on for the third quarter GDP estimate. It hit as high with them at four, 5.8%, might have been 5.9%. they have taken that down the last couple of weeks. Now, now it's down to 4.9%, but still... GDP growth for any quarter is really high for a major economy like the U.S. And recall, the second quarter GDP number was revised down from a 2.4 to a 2.1. So to move from 2.1 to 4.9% for the third quarter means some pretty hot consumer spending. So we'll see that uh, as we preview next week in just a moment. So. Last week, finished with the economic data. So how did the markets respond to that economic data? Well, U.S. equities, uh, they were nearly flat on the week. Uh, But the one thing we'll point out is growth underperformed last week. Now, growth in the U.S. has been the big winner year to date. But last week, uh, value outperformed. So um, growth stocks were down last week. Value stocks were up 70 basis points. Um, Part of the weakness for growth Certainly Apple, which was down, again, nearly 2%, despite the fact they had the iPhone 15 launch. So expectations were high that it would do well after that, did not. Also, Adobe, large-cap tech name, that got hit last week about 6% after earnings. So growth last week, not great in the U.S., value held up better, good for us, good for our portfolios. In terms of international equities, outperformed last week. Now, it's unusual. Um, usually it trails the U.S. U.S., again, pretty much flat. Um, S&P was down just a little bit last week, but international equities up 1.9% last week. But international equities dramatically trail U.S. returns on a year-to-date basis. So year-to-date through Friday, S&P 500 up 17.3%. and the MSCI world, XUS us up about 9%. So our domestic bias has been great for clients on a year-to-date basis. Oh, uh, lastly, uh, fixed income last week. Fixed income was down last week. I expected it to get hit a little bit harder with that inflation news, but it was not that bad. Uh, The Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate Bond Index was down 33 basis points. Uh, The um, two-year now is over 5%, and the 10-year now has risen a little over 4.3%. So that's a wrap on last week's economic activity, how the markets went. So the preview for this week in terms of economic data, it's not only light, but it is very heavy real estate. So we've got three housing data, the metrics that come out, housing start, uh, building permits and existing home sales. Those are all uh, the consensus is pretty much in line with what we actually saw for the July releases. So not much to talk about there. We'll review it next week, and if there's anything outstanding, we'll mention it. But um, there's pretty much no change expected in the metrics or the strength in the U.S. housing market. But the big deal this week, of course, is the Wednesday FOMC, Federal Open Market Committee meeting. And particularly after the meeting's over and concludes, I'll send out a press release, and then Chairman Jerome Powell will do his speech, and investors will be laser-focused on his language and attitudes and thoughts towards economic growth and how the Fed feels about the Atlanta Federal Reserve, thinking we have 5% close to GDP growth in the third quarter, and how the Fed might respond. Now, again, I'm previewing a little bit about the Klein event, but uh, we do think the Federal Reserve is kind of boxed in uh, because of the amount of the deficit spending that we have currently, $1.7 trillion dollars plus almost $32 trillion in debt outstanding with a lot of it maturing in the next five years. So we kind of think the Federal Reserve is boxed in. So we think the fact that the consensus is very strong, no change for Wednesday, we expect that. We also think uh, that a slight majority think no change through the end of the year, that's our camp. We think the Federal Reserve, there might be one more increase, but we kind of think they are done for this tightening cycle. So we'll see and we'll look for clues confirmation hopefully of that this Wednesday. So that's it for last week's recap, the markets and a preview of next week's economic activity. Thank you very much for attending. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you.